I would recommend, and I do recommend, that everyone in my patients have salt every day between one teaspoon, a teaspoon and a half. Is that you're talking about sodium? Uh, of sea salt. Uh, of sea salt. Of sea salt. So right. my recommendation is throw out all the salt in your house <laughs> or give it to a neighbor you don't like, right? Those are your two options. But absolutely... I do not suggest the latter. <laughs> Neville is much more kind. So, so throw it in the garbage and go invest mm. in a good sea salt and mm. consume it every day. Sea mm. salt is absolutely a health food. Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkeys, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy. I am Neville. My guest is Dr. Jeff Crippen, the founder of the Crippen Wellness Center. He's a chiropractor, coach, trainer, and certified traditional naturopath. This is episode three of our three-part series, Your Body is Smart. Indeed it is. In this session, the doctor will be addressing stress. However... I'm keen to understand why he has incorporated coaching into his practice. During our off-air chats, he used a term that is new to me, life force particles. So I'll invite him to explain what that is. Then, in keeping with the thrust of the journey, I will ask the doctor for a strong list of takeaways aimed at keeping us in the pink of health. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Once again, welcome, Dr. Crippen. You've put together a holistic practice and added to the package coaching and training. Can you tell us about that? Um, I actually spent about 10 years studying personal development, studying mm -hmm. coaching, studying spiritual development, mm -hmm. studying how to make someone more effective, more focused, more present, really understanding what traps someone's attention, energy, we'll call them life force particles, what traps their life force, mm -hmm. and how to set it free. Mm -hmm. And what I found is when I, and I still do that today, and been fortunate to work with people on six different continents, mm -hmm. um, and we'll travel around now and train coaches on how to do that. Um, but I found that tremendously rewarding because I got into health to help people live a better life mm -hmm. because that's what was stopping me from living a better life. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, well, there's other, there's other ways, there's other things stopping someone from living a better life other than just their health. Mm -hmm. So I found that by marrying those two, mm -hmm. it can be incredibly, incredibly effective because, you know, I'll tell you, when someone has the loss of a spouse, mm -hmm. their, risk of, um, their risk of a heart attack goes up 2,000% mm -hmm. for the next 24 to 48 hours. Why? 
their cholesterol numbers didn't change remarkably. Mm-hmm. Their nutrition didn't change remarkably. Mm-hmm. That's stress on the body. So it's a very real thing, right? We, we talked about cortisol slope. We talked about the Whitehall 2 study. And basically, you know, 95% of disease can be attributed to that or 80% or 60 to 80%. You know, so we're talking about something that's tremendous. So I found that by studying coaching, studying mm-hmm. how to make people more effective, how to spot the indicators mm-hmm. when someone's sitting in a loss or a sadness and have the tools, the empathy, the skills, the questions to help them get out of that. I found that actually sometime is the best thing I can do for someone's health. I'll give you one quick story on that. I had a patient come to me. She had what's called psoriasis, which is a redness, flakiness of the skin. Uh, she's a woman probably mid to late 40s and been taking care of her for a while she had an initial flare-up we treated her um, with diet basically an autoimmune type diet which means we cut out foods that would often trigger an autoimmune reaction things like wheat things like dairy things like sugar eggs so we did we put her on that diet gave her some whole food supplements to help rebuild the body from the inside over time she did great about a year and a half two years later it came back worse than before and I tried all the same things I'd done before, mm-hmm. but I would say at best we were treading water, which mm-hmm. means we weren't getting there. She comes into my office. It was a Monday afternoon. It was 5.30, so sort of one of my last – she was my last patient that day. And she came in, and it's like that little swelling under the eye, you mm-hmm. know, that little redness in the eye, and you just can tell, mm, you know, she's had a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she walks back, and I sort of give her a hug, and um, just ask her what's going on, and she just kind of looks at me and – she said, oh, I'm fine. I said, really? <laughs> you know, because, uh, you know, you didn't need Sherlock Holmes to realize yeah. something yeah. was going on. And yeah. Anyway, over the next couple minutes, she opens up to me and starts to cry. And this patient, this person found out that um, their boyfriend of some time had been cheating on them with someone else and just found that recent proof. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we talk about it. We talked about some of the moods and frustration in there. And I'm asking specific questions to help her sort of process some of those emotions and, you know, how she wants to handle it. Anyway, we we talk for about 20 to 30 minutes. And by the end of it, she's kind of laughing and joking. So a real nice change in her mood level. Um, She comes in the next visit. It's about, and next see her about six to eight weeks later. And her headaches are better. Her psoriasis is better. Her joint pain is better. And she's smiling. It's like, oh, what happened? Mm -hmm. And she was, she was feeling great. She was out of that relationship. That mm-hmm. person was no longer living with her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was a different person. And I tell you that story to say I don't think there's anything better a doctor could have done for her on that visit to help, then help her handle that stress mm-hmm. of what's going on there. And I don't say that, um, try to look how great I am, but just look how how many patients are walking into doctor's offices mm-hmm. like that? I'll give you, um, you know, and there's, there's a guy um, who was actually one of the co-founders of John Hopkins. His name was William Osler. He's a Canadian physician, um, and he literally wrote the book on medicine. Uh, his, his book, Principles and Practice of Medicine, um, basically was the Bible for diagnosis back at the time. Um, and basically what he... He's considered the father of modern medicine. And basically what he talked about is diseases like 
psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis, which is basically when you combine psoriasis and arthritis, mm. um, had an association with shock, worry, and grief. Mm. That's what he found. He wrote that a hundred and, uh, well, he wrote it in 1892, so <laughs> a little, little over a hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the National Psoriasis Foundation today, I kind of looked at this after, I was kind of curious, and they said it's associated with many serious health conditions, including depression. Mm -hmm. um, so that's an example of something we know, mm -hmm. and we can see the connection, mm -hmm. but we're not treating it. The medical treatment for psoriasis is topical corticosteroids. Basically, you apply a steroid in there, it makes the redness go away, but mm -hmm. it's not underlying the problem. So anyway, I think that's just one example of you know, the connection between stress and health. I'll tell you, I can tell you one more story. If you'd like, I had a patient out of state. They called me and all of a sudden they had unexplained high blood pressure and they weren't sure why. And they'd been going to a couple different natural health practitioners but hadn't gotten to the root of it. So uh, they asked if I could help and they, they lived, yeah, they lived out of state. And uh, I said, sure. So we set up, so we set up a meeting. They filled out some paperwork and, you know, my initial paperwork is about 10 pages long because I really want to understand a lot about the person and my initial first visit's about an hour long. Really, there's a lot I want to know about someone. Um, so I asked them this magical question about, you know, how long has this been going on for, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty basic question. Well, it turns out this patient has a daughter, mm -hmm. and their daughter was in college. And there was a, a scandal at the school the daughter attended where a boy got expelled for looking through, I guess, a hole in the shower, a hole in the into the girl's mm -hmm. dorm mm -hmm. and you know obviously it was a difficult situation for the daughter the boys kicked out of school um, but ever since that point the mom had high blood pressure okay well it turns out this triggered mm -hmm. something very similar that the mom went through when she mm -hmm. was in college mm -hmm. so you know does that mom have a thyroid condition does that mom have an issue with weight or exercise? No, they were in great shape. Does it have all these things? Does it a mineral deficiency? Is it a B vitamin deficiency? Is it they need some stress relieving activity? <clears throat> or is simply they're just sitting in the shock and the worry and the grief mm -hmm. of that moment with their daughter? Mm -hmm. And what they have is all that attention trapped in that area. They got triggered and that's manifesting as blood pressure to, to take this full circle mm -hmm. back to where we started. So that's a principle of health I call holism, which is, you know, Aristotle said the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Well, mm -hmm. sometimes to understand a part, you really have to understand the whole. Mm -hmm. And that is when they say 60 to 80% of all disease is caused by stress, or 75% of all visits to the doctor's office um, are caused by stress. That's, I think, what they're talking about. Because I think most doctors will, will recognize, and most patients will realize, that most of what most of the time when someone walks into a doctor's office, there's more going on. They may have a cold, mm -hmm. but, you know, stress or sugar or different things can lower the immune system. Or, you know, most time when we see something, mm -hmm. if we look hard enough, there's a stress component underneath it. And what the research says, we don't even have to look that hard because mm -hmm. 60 80% of the time that's there. So the question I had is, do I want to give this person some calming herbs, do I want to give them a chiropractic adjustment, do I want to recommend diet changes to handle the stress, mm -hmm. or do I want to help them find out what those trapped moods or emotions are, release that, and then allow their body to naturally do what it does, which is heal. And that was, that was a point um, 
it was a real change point for me in my practice. Mm -hmm. And something, truthfully, I'm still trying to figure out how to best incorporate it because sometimes patients come to you and they don't really care to get into the stress, mm-hmm. right? They, mm-hmm. want the, they want the pill or they want the supplement or they want the adjustment and they mm-hmm. want to go home. So, um, But I think it really helps just recognizing, at least as a practitioner, knowing there's that other component there because it helps me when I'm with a patient to see the whole picture, if that makes sense. As a doctor, what is your responsibility or, and I don't mean legal responsibility, as, as a doctor, do you step over into that? Do you invite them to release that? How does that work? How yeah. does that? That's a really good question because I don't know if there's a one-size-fits-all answer. Nope. <laughs> right? I think well. the answer is really to understand what that patient wants. Right? That's where I sort of where I'll sort of go. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, sometimes they just want to get better and they don't care and whatever is underlying it and they'll clearly if I ask a couple questions like oh that did literally start the day after that happened Mm -hmm. so they'll see a connection Um, and other times they'll say you know what that's not something I want to get into Mm -hmm. and that's okay as well Mm -hmm. and uh, I'll meet them there and help them with the different tools I have in my belt to, Mm -hmm. to meet them there the thing that I found that doesn't work is going halfway down that road, okay? And I'll give you an example. Yes, please. I had a, a patient with, again, with high blood pressure, and they came in, and there was something that happened to them in their past that was really upsetting to them. And based on the chronology and what we talked about, underlying their blood pressure. So they said they saw the connection between that event and mm-hmm. the high blood pressure based on when it started. Mm-hmm. And they said, yes, I want to handle that. Mm-hmm. So we set up a time and sort of outside office hours to really talk and go through that. Then they went, we went about halfway through it and they said, you know what? They weren't willing to be fully honest and go through, go through all the questions. Said, you know what? I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. I got a call from them the next day that they were in the emergency room the night before. Mm-hmm. Now, what they told me is the blood pressure was high, 180 over something, 200. I don't It was either 180 or 200. Anyway, it's really high. Normal is 120 over 80. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and what happened is we started a process talking about it, mm-hmm. and then they ended up in the middle of that incident, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. instead of going all the way through it, they got stuck in the deep end. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were fine. They came home. The doctors monitored, the blood pressure came down within a day or two, as you would expect if it's sort of a transient thing. And, you know, then we had a conversation with them and it just said, hey, this is your body. This is your, where you want to go, you know, based on what you know and based on what we've talked about, you know, how do you want to handle this? And I just said, but I don't think going halfway is going to work. So either we, we sort of get to the bottom of everything that happened in the past that's sort of sitting there or... We leave that and we talk about lifestyle modifications and diet and calming, relaxing minerals and we can look at some herbal stuff and we can look at exercise and all the different options we have to naturally bring some more relaxation and stress handling to the body. Mm-hmm. And that's what they chose to do mm-hmm. because you realize that sometimes those emotions or incidents in our lives have a lot of force behind them mm-hmm. and a lot of pain mm-hmm. and a lot of heartache. And to get out of it, 
often you have to go through it. <laughs> but and if you're not willing to go through it, mm-hmm. then the worst is getting stuck halfway to go partway through it and then sort of stop. Got the impression that you may have to go through it. I would assume, and I'm looking for your opinion on this, that to get out of it, you always have to go through it. Is is that uh, that true or not? Yeah, I would say what you have to go through is the part of that emotion experience that you're unwilling to experience, mm-hmm. right? It's whatever, what often is, often the moods are the glue that mm-hmm. hold that stuff there. Mm-hmm. So what you have to go through is whatever that must not be experienced piece is mm-hmm. of that incident, of that emotion, of that situation. That's what's locking up the person's attention. Mm-hmm. That's what, you know, it's like you feel sadness and you're upset, but at the same time, I don't want to be sad. I'm not going to feel sad. I'm not going to cry. Mm-hmm. So you've got the emotion coming up and then your counter intention on it to say, I'm not going to feel that. Well, then you've got twice as much attention tied up on that. Right. Mm-hmm. right? So as you're sort of getting that there, what you have to go through for sometimes that may be a, a mood, it might be emotion, maybe mm-hmm. a situation, maybe there's some piece of it that they're holding down and resisting or don't want to experience. And we all do that. And I do that, mm-hmm. you know, in my own life as well. So it's finding that exact piece. Cause when you find that exact piece, it'll release. Mm-hmm. And once it releases, the tears become smiles. Mm-hmm. The person who's dull and fatigued and not energetic becomes happy and light mm-hmm. and bright. And there's very definite manifestations you can see as that happens. But So you have to go through something. Mm-hmm. The question is what Good. and how quickly and how effectively can you do that? Awesome. We'll be right back. My guest is Dr. Crippen, founder of the Crippen Wellness Center. You are on the journey. Our platform's address is thejourney.riosports.com. The journey is one word, and Riosports is spelled R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S. Thejourney.riosports.com. Click on Health to engage with an array of medical professionals. And if you're looking to improve your performance or be a high achiever or to enjoy a life of satisfaction, I encourage you to check out Sven. That is S-V-E-N. Sven, The High Achiever's Journey. It is available on your favorite platform in your favorite format. Sven, The High Achiever's Journey. Audible, Amazon, Apple, Barnes & Noble. Sven, The High Achiever's Journey. I'm back with our guest, Dr. Crippen. Dr. Crippen, what is life force particles? Yes, so that's a great question. So I use that term to uh, to describe pieces of you, mm-hmm. pieces of where someone's attention is stuck. Mm-hmm. So we talked about, you know, if someone has a loss or a painful incident, mm-hmm. There can be, let's say someone was cut from the high school basketball team and it ruined their dream of mm-hmm. becoming a high school, a basketball star, mm-hmm. right? That can be a, a moment of shock for someone. Mm-hmm. It'd be a very tough moment. Mm-hmm. Well, if you still feel pain, 
going out on a basketball court or watching a game or mm-hmm. touching a ball, mm-hmm. guess what? You still have attention trapped in that area. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that trapped attention, I'm calling life force particles, mm-hmm. which are basically pieces of you. Mm-hmm. And those life force particles inside those is your ability to love, your intelligence, mm-hmm. your knowledge, your power, mm-hmm. your strength. You know, when somebody says, be present, we were just talking mm-hmm. a little bit about this, you know, the idea of being present, that's great to say, mm-hmm. but what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're really here, mm-hmm. but pieces of you are still stuck in high school mm-hmm. basketball getting cut in the coach's office, mm-hmm. it's hard to do both things at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. So the term comes from a book called The Secrets to Increasing Your Power, Wealth, and Happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and the writer's name is Alan Walter. And uh, that's the particular kind of coaching that I studied and used but that's where that term comes from mm-hmm. but it's basically they're pieces of you mm-hmm. awesome doc what should be our takeaways or next steps good so i think <clears throat> excuse me so good so i think i think where we were sort of the next step is so so what do you do with this information when you learned it mm-hmm. and i'd like to give you guys some some real things you can walk away with in a real useful way. So the first thing, and let's just kind of just kind of go in order about what we talked about, or some of the things we talked about mm-hmm. here. And the first one is connected to, to hypertension. Mm-hmm. First thing we talked about was sea salt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would recommend, and I do recommend that everyone in my patients have salt every day between one teaspoon a teaspoon and a half. Is that you're talking about sodium? Uh, of sea salt. Uh, of sea salt. Of sea salt. So right. my recommendation is throw out all the salt in your house. <laughs> or give it to a neighbor you don't like. Right? Those are your two options. But absolutely... I do with, not suggest the latter. <laughs> Neville is much more kind. So, so throw it in the garbage and go invest mm. in a good sea salt and mm. consume it every day sea mm. salt is absolutely a health food mm-hmm. so include one to two teaspoons per day of that mm-hmm. um, so that's that's certainly one thing we can do mm-hmm. in terms of cholesterol you know what we're talking about doing we were talking about you know we talked about medications mm. can lower your risk of cholesterol or lower your risk of heart disease about two percent mm. we talked about exercise can lower your risk of heart disease 27 to 41%. So what does that look like? That can be as simple as three hours of exercise per week. So that may seem like a lot or a little, but it's basically about 25 minutes per day. Mm. And that can be, my favorite type of exercise for someone is whatever they'll do. (laughs) (laughs) For some people, that's playing tennis. For some people, that's going for a walk. For Mm. some people, that is gardening. For some people, it's riding their bike. And the truth is, I don't care. And if you won't exercise for yourself, buy a dog. <laughs> because people seem perfectly willing to walk their dog, right. and they know that's a healthy thing, right. but they won't walk themselves. <laughs> so anyway, if, you, if you're the kind of person that will walk a dog but not yourself, then get a dog, and you both can be healthy. So, but but it, I just say that to say you know, 25 minutes per day of moderate exercise goes a long way, and that's actually what they showed three, three hours a week to help reverse the atherosclerosis or the buildup of cholesterol in the arteries. Mm-hmm. We also talk about having garlic in your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, garlic is phenomenal. The best garlic is raw, mm-hmm. and it can be as simple as one clove per day. Mm-hmm. So one clove a day of garlic um, can have that same effective exercise as reversing the atherosclerosis mm-hmm. in your body. Um, 
Oh, when you say raw, you say eating it raw, or you, you uh, can chop it up. You can mm-hmm. put it as a garnish on a salad. Gotcha. You, you got can put it in a hummus. Yes, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. eating it raw, as in not cooking it, <laughs> right? If you if you cook, if yeah, if you cook it, it loses some of its health benefits. Mm-hmm. And you know, for those of you who said, "Well, I just want to get it in a supplement form," just realize that most supplements don't have that high of the active ingredient in allicin, especially the odorless garlic. The problem is with odorless garlic is the part that makes it work is the part that makes it smell. <laughs> so, so if you're getting odorless garlic, that's not really that working for you. Um, we talked about omega-3 fatty acids. We talked about fish being a great source. We talked about grass-fed beef being a great source. So sometimes I get the question, but there's, is there toxicity issues you need to worry about with, mer- with, with fish? Do you need to worry about mercury? And the answer to that is smash. S-M-A-S-H. And those are the five best fish that are lowest in toxin content, mercury and otherwise. So S for salmon, M for mackerel, A for anchovies, S for sardines, and H for herring. So those are the best fish that are lowest in mercury or toxicity content. So if you're going to have some fish, have smash one of the smash no fish. No wonder I was so healthy as a kid. <laughs> yeah? Which one did you have? All of the above without even knowing. <laughs> there you go. Right, you had right. that? You had the sugar cane? And I had the sugar cane. And you played with buckwheat. So you were <laughs> I didn't eat the buckwheat. Yeah, you now, were close. Now, now I know that you could have eaten it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we buckwheat, um, we right. talked about that, um, which is rutin, is the active ingredient in that buckwheat. Um, we also talked about apples and onions. Uh, being sources of that. We mm-hmm. talked about um, increasing your fiber content, mm-hmm. decreasing the amount of sugar someone could have. Those are recommendations that would all um, be super help- helpful. Um, another food, uh, a, kind of a super food, is beets. So beets are, um, they're actually just started making, they started more common now are supplements um, made from beets that actually increase athletic Beats. performance. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep, the red vegetable that mm-hmm. grows underground. Mm-hmm. And uh, what beets do is, when you have about half a beet, and then you go into the sun for about 10 minutes, it makes something called nitric oxide, which causes your blood vessels to relax. So that's the same thing some types of drugs do, but it causes your blood vessels to relax, improves oxygen flow, mm-hmm. and will lower your blood pressure about three to five points. Mm-hmm. So garlic will lower your blood pressure about three to five points as well. Green tea will lower your blood pressure two to three to five points. Um, fresh berries, like blueberries, can lower your blood pressure, blood pressure about three to five points. So those are, all, those are all things you can do from a hypertension standpoint. One, mm-hmm. one benefit, one side benefit to the beets is, um, I heard the doctor say about 85% of all gallbladder surgeries could be prevented by someone consuming beets. Mm-hmm. That's how important beet is to the gallbladder. Mm-hmm. Now. I was at a, so I thought, wow, that's, that's quite a statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, 85% of all disease, I think there's, yeah, there's, you know, an army number performed in the U.S. each year. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was at a, at a seminar with a doctor, and he was sharing the story of a, a friend of his who was a general, a general surgeon, which means he did all kinds of surgeries, mm-hmm. right? And one of the kinds of surgeries he did was um, removal of the gallbladder. Mm-hmm. Right, but he did, but he's a general surgeon, so he might work on a hand one day and a gallbladder one day and tonsils another day and uh, appendix another day. So you know he was doing uh, probably on average about two to three uh, gallbladder surgeries per week, taking them out. 
he started with with all of his patients putting on him a supplement made from beet root mm -hmm. and beet leaves. So the red part and the green part from beets. Mm -hmm. And what he found is, I don't think he did any gallbladder surgeries in the next seven years. Mm. So he went from doing two to three a week to none. Mm. And the way he did that was having his patients eat beets or supplementing with a good quality beet supplement. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that'll help with your, that's a side benefit. Medications have side risks, mm -hmm. side effects. This is a side benefit, <laughs> side nutrition. So that would be another option. And finally, um, we talked about the blood tests you could run. We talked about the NMR, mm -hmm. meaning that determines the type of cholesterol you have. Large and fluffy is good. Type mm -hmm. A, small and dense is bad. We talked about two different blood tests to give markers for inflammation high-sensitive C-reactive protein and homocysteine give mm -hmm. you and your doctor mm -hmm. a much more holistic view of how much inflammation there is going on in your body. And then we talked about fasting blood sugar and fasting insulin levels. There's other ways to determine how sugar-sensitive you are and how easily your pancreas and your body can regulate your blood sugar. Mm -hmm. the, final, the final thing we'll talk about is we really got into stressors and, and mood. And, you know, one of the most simple things you can do every day once you exercise once you eat your buckwheat pancakes and, <laughs> and have your buckwheat and beet pancakes is um a simple question i start every most every day with is describe i ask myself to, to describe my mood level mm -hmm. and the reason that is is um one of the most powerful things is just being aware of what mood level we're in when mm -hmm at any time during the day, but waking up's a good trigger for me to do that. Mm -hmm. We talk about someone's attitude or their mood, mm -hmm. you know, potentially adding seven up to 15 years to their life. Mm -hmm. So the question is, how do you know what kind of mood you're in? Mm -hmm. So I'll ask myself that each morning, describe my mood level. And what researchers have found, there's an interesting a brain imaging study out of UCLA. And they found that when people are shown faces uh, expressing strong emotion, emotion, different parts of a functional MRI light up, mm -hmm. specifically the amygdala, which mm -hmm. regulates fear. Mm -hmm. So, but when they're asked to label the emotion or name it, the activity moves to a different part of the brain that re regulates rational thinking. In other words, labeling an emotion or naming it disrupts the raw intensity of it. Mm -hmm. So what that means is if you're sitting in just saying, I feel angry, what happens is you actually have to get outside the anger you're sitting in to describe it. Mm -hmm, Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. just by labeling it, well, you have to get bigger than the anger just to say that it's anger. Mm -hmm. So actually, part of you is less angry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I feel scared, I feel nervous. It's a public speaking technique sometimes mm -hmm. as well. It's how the audience you feel nervous. Just by labeling the emotion and naming it, you actually have to get bigger than it. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting, what I love about this study is it actually shows you can actually see those changes in the brain. Mm -hmm. Instead of firing up the fear and stress part of the brain, mm -hmm. it fires up the rational part of the brain. Mm -hmm. So you can actually have a totally different effect in the body just by naming the mood or emotion you're feeling. That's quite interesting. I, I would have asked you, um, you know, I would have said, you recognize your mood, okay, you've recognized your mood. Yeah. But you're saying that it's beyond recognition. Now you're uh, showing that recognition by naming it, and that is doing something in addition to, to, to just knowing that you, you're in a certain mood. Good of obviously being better. Absolutely. Because, mm -hmm. and, and I'll even take that one step for, forward. 
you recognize it, mm -hmm. then you name it. But in order to name it and recognize it, you have to actually be out of that. Moment. Right. That's what I liked about yeah. what you said. I never thought of it that way. Um, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Now, um, so you, you, you use that example, but you use it with negative emotions, bad mood. If you were in a good mood now, all right, you woke up in feeling all positive. You're saying even that is magnified more by mention it, or is positive, positive, and that's it? Well, two, two answers. One is positive is positive, and that's good. Two is you can realize what level of positive mood you're in. But also, one of, the, one of the most important things to do is if you're feeling in a good mood, that's kind of a win. So it's kind of nice to acknowledge yourself for doing something good. Like, you, just by naming it, you can actually, it's a way to, to own the win and just kind of say, yeah, I feel happy today. That's, that's great. Now, is, does it all fall in the same line of, or is it exactly the same as being grateful in the morning, like having a gratitude journal, making sure that you identify what you're grateful for. Is that something that is different or is exactly the same or kind of the same? Yeah, so I'd say there are two different ways. So that's another practice I have in the morning. I do mm -hmm. what's called a gratitude, I do a gratitude journal in the morning. And one thing I do is um, I put a daily goal for the day. Mm -hmm. I list what I'm willing to give others. Mm -hmm. I talk about 10, I list at least 10 things I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. and than what someone else does for me that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. So that's another way mm -hmm. to put me or to put someone on the positive side of life. Mm -hmm. So I would say those are two different tools mm -hmm. that can have a synergistic or mm -hmm. similar effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. so gratitude's one way to do it. It's a phenomenal way to do it. Mm -hmm. Naming and describing your mood levels, another way to mm -hmm. raise your mood level and be more on the positive side of life versus the negative. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. The Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love. Yes, that was awesome. The Doctor will be joining me to play some of The Journey's favorite games, so head on over to the games we play and join the fun. Once again, Doc, thank you for taking time off your busy schedule to join us on the journey. It's a true honor. Thank you. Thank you, Neville.